it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Fatback for sorry for this Sunday night. Um, I am Gav. With me, I have Kev. I have Shawnee, and I have Keith. As always, um, Liverpool four Shrewsbury Town one in the third round of the FA Cup at Anfield today. Liverpool go on into the fourth round where they've drawn Cardiff, and we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, tonight we're going to talk about just our initial reactions on the game itself. Um, we're going to have a look at the lineup, the youngsters that played, the goals that were scored. Trent has tested positive, I think, for a second time for COVID. Um, Klopp has made some comments with regards to what happened during the week and um, what's to look forward to this week. And um, like I said, Cardiff in the next round, Arsenal on Thursday in the fourth leg of the semi-final of the League Cup. And um, we're going to talk about what shows we have next this week coming and stuff like that. Um, Shawnee, did you sit down with a few cans and watch the game today? Like, just sitting there going, this is Grant. You know, tell you what, Gav, I'm like playing William Wallace in the gaff after that intro. I was like the start of the Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> it is, yeah. And do you know what? I was panicking, Jordan, because... Uh, Top of this can of Heineken didn't want to open, and I was like, "This, I'll, I'll cancel this fucking show if this can doesn't open." Run it again, run it again. Get the tin opener. Get the tin opener. But uh, I was going to start fucking taking a part with a box cutter or something. <laughs> um, but Shani, when it comes to the third round, um, you know you get a home draw, uh, Shrewsbury Town, and it's one of those where, for me, I kind of sit back and. I enjoyed them regardless of the result because you know you're going to see some fringe players, some youngsters. But were you going into this kind of yeah? This is this is great. No bother. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, look, I'm in a bit of a weird place of football at the moment, guy. With all the stuff going on, you don't know what games going ahead and not going ahead. But it was around half twelve, twelve o'clock when that rumored lineup started going around, and I started getting a bit giddy. 
about this game because I I normally can do because I I like the Carabao Cup and I like the FA Cup. I know the romanticism with them is, is sort of dead. Obviously, they aren't what they used to be. But when you see the likes of a a Musialowski or a, a Kay Gordon and Dixon Bonner in the lineup, you always like you always catches your eye and you always go, Do you know what? I'm gonna watch that with a keen eye now. Obviously. The, the actual lineup was a bit different to the to the one that was going around. But um look, I think it's about time we had a, a third round FA Cup game at home against a lower league opposition side. Because whenever them draws I'm on are on, I just say to myself, like, that's a Premier League side away. And yeah, it's, it's a Premier League side away until the fifth round where Klopp just says, you know what, fuck this. <laughs> Can't be bothered <laughs> with this crap. I just throws out a mishmash. But yeah, you know, I... I was quite looking forward because we didn't know what we were going to get even today. Even We didn't even know whether Klopp was going to be on the bench mm. this time yesterday. We yeah. didn't know what authority was going to be. Kravitz done the, the, the post, the pre-match. So it, it's a weird time gap for me as a football fan. It's just, it, we don't, there's nothing certain. Nothing is certain. So is, that, I, yeah, is that what it is, Sean? It's, so it's like, what it, we're approaching towards you and we're like, Will this go ahead? Will it not? Will something happen yeah. on Tuesday? Is, is, is it that? I'm easily thinking uh, like it'll be as easy and easy now for Arsenal to turn around on Tuesday and say we had the clubs training out and then Thursday's off again. Yeah. Like, because the, the, the Carabao Cup final was played in April last year. So they'll have no bother pushing it out. Like so like for me it's hard to get really excited about anything. Obviously the results over the Christmas didn't help, but the the lack the, there's no certainty. Like we might play on Thursday. We might not. Like the game against Brentford might go ahead. It might not. Like it, it's just, play, it's mad. It's weird. It's weird. It is. It, it, I think you've hit on something there. It's a case of you're coming around to games and you're like, this mightn't fucking happen. And not just from a podcast point of view, because like I'd be going, ah, here, we fucking three shows lined up around this and then it's called <laughs> off and you're like, what the fuck are we meant to do? We end up doing quizzes and drinking, <laughs> which is the crack, by the way. Um, where people are literally calling us for, to do a quiz weekly, stop talking about football and just do quizzes for a crack. But it is, I think you've, t- you've touched on something there where it, it is like that. And Keith, um, like, Shawnee's right in what he's saying. You're kind of nearly living day to day wondering if a game is going ahead. But when we know this is going ahead and then Klopp will be there and you see the lineup and it's a good mixture of, of you know, fr- fringe players, experience and then real, real youth. Um, is that something that, that got you going for this? Because, I don't know if I'd have watched it with that much interest if we'd have stuck out a stronger side. Um, yeah, look, similar to what Sean, you said, I look forward to um, a home game in against lower league opposition because you can get to see the young lads playing. And the Realmord lineup, we, we had Cardius and Goal and a lot of the Realmord stuff. And I was actually a bit gutted that we didn't get to see Cardius back in action. But you see these young players coming through and we do have some good young players. Do you know what I mean? We have some players coming through that you're excited to see. You have Cade Gordon. Cade Gordon looks a very good talent. We all know that Musilovsky was, you know, rumoured to be getting a sniff. Didn't. But, you know, you enjoy looking at these lads. And today was another chance to see the likes of Tyler Martin, to see Connor Bradley. And, yeah, I always look forward to seeing them. Um, it. it, it it dictated the COVID dictated you know we wouldn't have seen I would imagine we wouldn't have seen Van Dijk Roberts and Kanate in a back in a back four for this fixture if we didn't have had 
a situation where we're COVID. Um, you know, we, we bring in Waltman into the front three, is very inexperienced. The midfield, then Dixon Bonner is brought out with the, the cold storage. And, you know, it, it may be impact on, on the decisions of who we can play. But, um, yeah, I was delighted to see. I always like to see them. Um, as Sean, you said, you, you used to getting Chelsea or Everton or fucking someone like that. You know what I mean? Never even an easy one. Always a needly game. And um, to get to get the... No disrespect to Shrewsbury, like you know what I mean. Like there's there's loads of teams out there that I would have been happy to get, but we don't usually get them. And um, yeah, I was delighted looking at the team lineup, um, and excited to see, especially Cade Gordon, to see how he'd gone on. Yeah, um, and I don't think any of them. Like I felt sorry for um, what was the lad's name up front? Walton. Walton. Yeah. yeah, I felt sorry for him um, because it just yeah. didn't suit at all. But it won't do him any harm. Kev, we done a show after the game, um, and we, yeah. we discussed some of these players. And sorry, just on that show, um, I'd like to apologise if anybody caught at the end of that show. My two-year-old son barged into the room, noticed that the Christmas tree is being taken down, and just went rasher. So um, I'd like to apologise for that. Um, my wife was trying to calm him down, and my daughter was trying to get both of them out of the room because she knew I was on the show. So if you're listening back on it, you'll definitely hear that. I left it in at the end and everything, um, just so people would understand what was going on. Um, but Kev. You know, the lads are talking there about the youngsters and they're talking about, you know, um, who they're excited to see. Even now, if you think back to before the game, who who are you really looking forward to see? Because I think most would say Cade Gordon, but there was a couple in there where you go, oh, this is a little bit of a step up despite it being Shrewsbury. Yeah, look, I was looking forward to see Curtis Jones starting the game. Uh, it's been a long time since, he, since he's played. Tyler Morton needed the game. I said after the after the show this in the show this afternoon, he's won the his last couple of performances. He was being questioned. I mean, he was probably overblown with his first few appearances that he came in. He did really really well, and his last few appearances, the Spurs one especially, he got a fair bit of uh, clattering for it, which he deserved for the tackle. Let's not kid ourselves, but he needed to get that kind of a performance in today where people are talking about him again for the right reasons. And I, I like the lads. I love watching, you know, seeing the lineup come up. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, the players who need minutes got minutes. And I was worried for Walton, to be fair. I was because I thought you're playing against the back five of big, strong league one center backs who know their, know their trade He's not going to get a sniff, and it proved to be. You know, he didn't get anything. He didn't get anything out of the game, but he'll he'll learn from that. But yeah, no, I was happy enough. I was, I don't know what the story is with Allison because he tested positive at the same time as everyone else, and he wasn't there at all today. So I don't know what the story is there. Well, I think if you're if you're if you're going to play if you're going to play Kelleher. I don't see a point of putting Allison near. near no, but there was there was nothing, no talk about him either. So no, no. Well, I, I, I just, I just no, don't know what the story is with it. I just take no news as a as good news. Good yeah, news. If there was yeah. if there was something to be talked about, I suppose they'd have been talking about it. But in general, I was happy enough with the lineup. You know, I wanted to see Kay Gordon, and to be fair, his partner in crying down the right hand side at right back is the two of them have a good link up from the under-19s from the Euros right through to the under-23s. And you could tell they play together a fair bit. And, you know, with the overlapping runs and stuff like that, their link-up play was pretty good. 
all in all, I thought happy days. I was happy enough with it because yeah. that was a massive banana skin today. It really was. It was. That could have got, got tits up big time. Yeah, and when you see what's gone on during the week, um, and then what, what we used to put out there, and there's, there's a lot of young players playing there. Now we did have some experience, but you know yourself, like anything can happen. Um, Archie Dillon said he was in stitches um, when he seen my face when the when the family walked into the room. The quickest over <laughs> now ever. It it was just funny because. The uncle was going mad. My wife just realised what was going on, and my daughter was trying to boot both of them out of the room. Um, so I didn't know what was. There was a lot of mixed emotions in the room. Um, <laughs> Gar Max says, "Does anyone see the lad from Burkina Faso trying to literally kick the bollocks off a Cameroon player earlier?" Yeah, is that I what you're laughing at, Shawnee? Now I've said yeah. that right because I seen Shawnee laugh. I'm sorry, Kev, Kev, I laughed the minute when yeah, you were no, you're great, you're great. I saw the comment as well. I, I actually. I, I want to leave it to later. I want to leave it to later because yeah, can we talk about it later? Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Have an can we talk about the Afcon as a tournament later? Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, I love just, it. Not, it might not be the best football down. tournament in the world. I actually I love it. It's, it's football in its purest form, and we'll obviously yeah. get on to it later. But it's absolutely. <laughs> Johnny had a lovely time today. And he sent us an Instagram post. He went, look at this. Uh, it was a goal from earlier, which he get into. And then he noticed something else with the, uh, it was in Ethiopia. We're playing today against Cape Verde. And he just, he completely lost his head earlier on in about half five. Um, but we'll definitely get onto the AFCON later on. But, Charlie, I'll go to you because, you know, Liverpool community have a lot of possession, um, a lot of territory. Does not, there's not a lot of incisive stuff going on, and I understand that. I, Robertson was trying very hard to get high up on the right. You know, I think Bradley was trying to hold back a little bit to give Kay Gordon a chance to try to get a fullback or a, or one of those centre halves. And Jones was up front, and he was it, it wasn't working. The lad in the middle was small; you couldn't whip balls in the box. But they take the lead, Johnny, and we get a warning oh, a couple of minutes beforehand with a great cross, and um, that. That doesn't no one gets onto, but they take the lead with, with another cross on the left, and the guy is in there, scores, does well. Keeper has no chance. Um, we worried at all, Johnny? Are we like, ah, this is just a no. nice moment for them? No, like, do you know what? In fairness to them, like, the game was just kind of pondering, there was nothing happening, and you could see Shrewsbury kind of got a bit of a, a jolt, and they just started playing down Bradley's side, and it's a good goal. It's a yeah. good goal. Like, you know, it's it, there's no real, like, it's just a lack of experience from probably Kanate and Bradley where you think, well, maybe they should be getting out there. But he takes the goal well. And look, we've been to Anfield and when goals go in like that, you can hear the crowd moaning and groaning and all. But today it was just kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah. this and we'll be all right. But one thing like that is kind of overlooked today is like, they had two centre halves. I'd say, they had a combined height of about 18 foot, like two of the biggest fellas you ever seen. And and in front three, they're all about six down ring and red and five foot odd, like you know what I mean. So it was a massive task for the lads. And as Kev said there about about Martin needing the minutes, he would have learned more today in that game than he would have in any other game he would have played because you see in these FA Cup tires, I mean, you often see teams getting dragged down to another team's level, but. The physical side probably wouldn't have stood out that much to Martin playing against Porto and AC Milan in, in Champions League because it's a lot more technical and the game is moving very fast and it's not really about physicality. Sports probably more so, but today it would have been about two or three fellas in their midfield thinking, look at this young fella, I'm going to smash him for his chance. And that's when these kids are really tested, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is where they're really up against it because they're playing against... like. <coughs> 
lower league football is no joke. They're playing three games a week that and they're well up for you. You know what I mean? It's always hard to play for in that lower league. It's 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 sort of like if you win a few games or in a shout of promotion. And if you lose a few games, you can drop down. So it was big for them to be in there today. And I think they would have learned a lot. And to me, that's what impressed me most about today's performance. But even with the mismatch, when they went 1-0, I was thinking, nah, wait, look, we'll do something here. Even though we hadn't got any of the big guns on the bench, you felt we'll just, we'll ha- we're at home here. Maybe if we were away, it might have been a different story. We'll find a way. And, and that just proved to be the case. Just one thing on Martin. Um, you're right, there was a physical battle in there and they were getting stuck in and they were getting around Liverpool as much as they could. I thought Fabinho was excellent in, in shutting them down at times and, and playing the right pass and intercepting and stuff. But Martin in this, in this, he, he has, like, he's involved in a good couple of challenges in the first half. But second half, it's near the end and he gets the ball middle of the park and he just nutmegs a fella. Right? Yeah. Nutmegs a fella, goes by another fella, knocks it out wide. But the thing is, a Shrewsbury fella comes in, as he passes, a Shrewsbury fella comes in, try and leave something on him with a shoulder, you know, just try to give him a little belt. And Martin just bounces off him and literally puts his hand out as if to go, get the fuck away from me. And that's what you want from a player, don't you? Like, all right, he does a nice bit of work, but he's able to go, If you, well, if you want to lean on me here, lean on me. But the ball is gone and I'm not going to be knocked over, you know, that sort of way. Whereas if he goes, if he gets hit and goes down, the Shrewsby fella probably comes out looking the better out of both players. But Martin wasn't having a bar of it and I thought he was quite good. Um, Keith, they're 1-0 up, but um, we make a one-all, a goal from Cade Gordon and um, it's the goal of the, it's the goal of the game. Um, I was saying to Keith or Kev on the show earlier, when I've seen him play for Liverpool, and I think it might have been a pre-season friendly, because I can't think of him playing. It's definitely at Anfield he plays when I've seen him. And it's definitely not a League Cup because we haven't been at home in the League Cup bar Leicester and he doesn't play in that. And I just thought of him as a speed merchant, Keith. You know, he looked to get into spaces and, and be really quick and really direct. But I noticed about him today, footwork really good, holding the ball, held off defenders, looked inside, looked to his fullback, looked to get balls into the, into the box. There was loads about him today that you could see him, like I said to Kev Erda, being moulded into a Liverpool type wild player. A little bit of Harvey Elliott about him, I think, the way he just holds onto the ball and stuff like that. But um, it's a cracking finish, isn't it? Like the, the touch, the delay, the finish, it's a really top quality goal for him. Yeah, it was a great goal. <clears throat> and the comparison with Elliot is good. You know, they're players that pl- they play similar um, positions or Elliot would have come through in that similar position on the right-hand side of the front three, cutting in on the left four. But Gordon has looked in the games. I think he's played, he played in the League Cup against played Norwich. played 90 against Norwich. Yeah, he played Away. against I remember uh, seeing him. I remember seeing him against at Anfield. I just thinking he was speed merchant. It had to yeah. be a preseason. It would have been so. probably us that he played. We played the two Spanish yes, teams. Two yes, more, yeah. that's what it was. It was one of those sides, yeah, one of the Spanish sides. Yeah, but no, no, it's you know he's, he's an exciting player. He's a talent. He's he's only seventeen years old. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like he's he's nineteen. Um, when you look at the ability that he has, because funny, I thought Bradley does well on the goal. Bradley gets the ball in, great delivery. Gordon takes it. And my son was sitting watching it and uh, he put his hand up like that. As soon as Gordon touched it, as if to celebrate the goal, he says, what are you doing? Goal. And he pinged it in. And he's only fucking seven. He's not Nostradamus or anything. He didn't know what he's was going on. He's had on his phone. Yeah, yeah that's it. He's looking <laughs> at it. But he thought, as soon as he goes, oh, as soon as he touched it, I thought he was going to score. 
Do you know what I mean? And it was just a great touch to get it out. And he just slots it in with his left foot. Uh, a great goal. A great goal. And, um, you know, something Sean was saying there, or, or you asked Sean, was he worried? I wasn't worried because I felt we had too much quality on the pitch. And I felt we had, well, I felt we had too much quality in the fence to let Shrewsbury really get any more. I think, you know, they got their goal, they had their five minutes of pressure or so, and I felt we had enough there. But I thought we had players on the bench that could come in and, inf- and, and impact it if we needed it. So to get that goal early, well, relatively quickly after they scored, I thought it was good, and I think it took the wind out of ourselves a bit. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a great finish. I think he's a, a very special player, Cade Gordon, and I'd like to see him. Look, we'd all like to see the, you know, four and five nil up in the game and in the league and bringing these lads on for 10 minutes at the end. But he certainly is one that I would like to see more involved around the fourth team. But as I said, 17 years old, very young. To be to be getting too much heaped onto him may not be most beneficial. But he was playing fourth team for Derby when we signed him, wasn't he? Like, so it's not like he's, um, you know, f- playing championship football at 16 years old. The Unfla, it's the very same as Harvey Elliott. The Unfla must have something about him to do that. I was just about to ask this question, and John was just throwing it in there. Uh, Gordon is let us youngest ever goal scorer in FA Cup history. I was wondering how close he was to. Um, Who's it? Jerome Sinclair. Woodbourne. 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 He's yeah. the second youngest overall behind yeah. Woodbourne. Yeah. And Woodbourne gets Woodbourne one against Leeds in the Canon Cup. Yeah, it was um, Woodbourne broke Michael Owen's record, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's, he's second overall and, and the youngest, overall, yeah. youngest in. Um, FA Cup history, which is nice for him to have. I hate that kind of quiz here. I mean, I'm in farm here, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem to be lashing <laughs> them the off there, don't you? Um, the quiz you're tonight, Kev, romp the quiz you're tonight. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, we I, just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, romp it. The boys are going mad. Um, but Kev, we, we spoke we spoke on the post-match show about him, and, and somebody says there, you know, I think it was uh, Gar Mack said, his finish can't be learned. It's, it's just natural yeah. to him. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Because the touch and that delay, you don't teach someone that. That's just something that you just know where you are and you know what you want to do. Is it does it come natural to him or is it do you think it can be learned? I don't I think it's natural. Time will tell. I mean the composure he had in the box to take a touch and shift it onto his to where he wanted to take the shot. That's um that shows maturity and confidence. And truth is we don't know. We haven't seen enough of this kid yet. You know, time will tell. We'll hopefully in two or three years' time, this kid is going to save us a hundred million quid, and that's the hope. But that's all it is—is is hope at the minute. He's, he's. We've been here before with young players, and I hope he does well. I don't know if he if he could benefit from a loan because it's one of those things that game time could really help him. I don't think he's going to man. He's going to. I think. I don't think he's going to learn what he needs to learn playing under twenty threes. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He needs to be playing grown up football next season, and I, you won't get that at Anfield in enough regularity. So you you see another reality situation. I see him six months, maybe see how he goes with us up until next January, and then maybe the second half of the season. Pick a club for him that's playing good football, that's challenging for something, that is, you know, he's going to be playing meaningful games, and a club like willing him. to take a risk on him. He should be paying rent on Mouse Alasgaff and eat the same food he does <laughs> yeah. because he needs, uh, he needs. He to does need up. fattening up. He, yeah, he does he need does, fattening yeah. up. 
Uh, he, needs and, a, uh, he needs a membership at uh, Moore's, Moore's gym. And like yeah. like you said, like we've seen so many players come through, like Aljo, Oyeb, Hill, like you said, Gav, yeah. like pace Jarrah, merchants. Yeah, all these kids. Like, yeah, like pace merchants who hit the point on him, no real end product. Like what he done today, like bad players can't do that. Bad players can't do that. Can't buy a yard without really moving. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what he does. And he just passes in the net. And the little of him I've seen, because there's a lot of goal machines in in that um in that in the under twenty threes and under eighteen. So yeah. yeah, man, Oakley Cannon here is banging in goals yeah. there as well. You, you've I want to play for him just for the name. And you've Musialowski. Like so, you just they seem to be. The, the, I'd say that the recruitment of this t- the club are looking at going, if one of these hit, they're going to save us a fortune. Because literally, like Kev said, down the line he might. And I agree with Kev that he will need a loan because the, you've got, they've got to be playing football. Like today would have been good for them. They need to be down in the championship getting built around every week. Yeah. Because it's just... Unless you're a Rashford who got in by chance at United and Greenwood, who was just really good at United not in the best moment like you've got to be playing every every other week otherwise you won't develop and I think just with a little bit of TLC he should probably hang around and he will bulk up because he's a kid like you know what I mean he's still yeah. grown he's not even as tall as he's going to be yeah. but um, it's what you're seeing today like that's not like some young for cutting in and just bending one in which can be done it's a clever touch the little shimmy to buy a yard and then the kilnless to just pass it in the net. So, and I agree, Gab, he was brilliant against Norwich as well and in the Asasuna game when I'd seen him, he's so unlucky not to score. So, look, it's great to see these these players coming through and long may it continue. And that, what's he'll be Cardiff at home, he'll dwindle a little bit at, at the end of the championship. I'd throw him in again. That's the God honest yeah. truth. I'd Are give this I'd absolutely don't, don't. give this kid minutes whenever you can. I think um I think the position he plays in, like like you you're mentioning there Greenwood and you're mentioning Rashford, both both came through at United as forwards. You know what I mean? Like looking for goals. Rashford in particular was just a goal guard. I think Van Hal gives him his debut. Um yeah. because they're short on strikers and he, he plays against I think it's Arsenal. Might be a cup game against Arsenal or a league. He played the Europa League game and then comes on against Arsenal. Yeah, it, I think it, I think it, it scores. Actually, once or no, twice. Again, going by the quiz and I would have mopped up tonight. He, <laughs> his debut was the day we, we lose the, the Carlin Cup final to City. Because the game before the game that day was uh Arsenal. United at home, and he scores two yeah. on his debut. So, yeah, yeah but, look. But, it, but what you're looking from Kay Gordon is not, you know, if Kay Gordon is a striker down the middle and he's using his pace all the time, you go, yeah, you might need to nurture him here. But what you're looking at him, where you're looking at him with that pace, and not only that, you can see more being added to his game all the time, his passing, <clears> his vision, everything is being added to. Definitely since since that pre-season. Uh, yeah, probably keep him where he is. On, on this season and just see how where the FA Cup goes I suppose but I, I, I agree with you and I think Keith you might agree just as well me. that it's you look for next season you say right get us a mid to higher end championship side tell you Blackburn Blackburn's the one to send them to yeah. Tony Mowbray will look after him I know Leighton Clark's in a struggle there but well, you know, know they, they might, really they might, they might come to up. say about him though yeah 
Um, sorry, Cheers. I just want to read this out because Ian Barron asked me to. He said, hi, guys, I'm a Darlington FC fan and we were made bankrupt in 2011, reformed in 2012, demoted four leagues. We are currently a fan-owned National League club, um, National League North club. We have had three promotions to date. So they're trying to get back into the league. Darlington, fair, fair play. Fair and I think Berry are the same as well, aren't they? Berry are like, the uh, coming back as well. This sounds like a man on football uh, yeah. potential adopt day graph to be honest oh that's what we could do could we do a deep dive into Darlington we could do yeah we could uh, do. if we're doing a deep dive into Darlington I think I'll be washing my hair that night <laughs> <will you? laughs> oh yeah you won't win that quiz <laughs> uh, but uh, no I, uh, I, I'd tell I'd read that out so there you go Ian but, but Keith you on the same wavelength with the likes of Kate Gordon especially yeah. Kate Gordon <laughs> Yeah, I think um, this season, keep him where he is and next season's put him out on loan. And you have to be sensible with your loan. You have to be strategic and you have to be the right club. You know, you see too many players, and I don't just mean Liverpool or any club, they go on loan. The likes of Rian Brewster, um, you know, he does well at Swansea, comes back, doesn't get his chance. But then you have Elliot who goes away, tears her up in the championship and gets the chance. It's all about getting the opportunity. And something Sean, you said there, you know, talking about Rashford and, and Greenwood and Harry Kane to an extent as well. These get chances because their teams play Europa League. And the Europa League is a great breeding ground for these players because it gives them a chance against continental teams that are, well, you can play League One teams in the Cups and all that. And you're getting a chance against tactical, technical players as well. It's great for players' development. I remember Harry Kane get breaks through our spores because I think their only forward at the time was um, Soldado and he was fucking pony. Do you know what I mean? And Kane gets his chance. Rashford goes in at United when they're on the dip and they're not the team they were and he's allowed that opportunity. Greenwood's allowed that opportunity and you know, these players, it's so hard to get the chance when your team is where Liverpool are at the moment or where Man City are. I know Man City have the luxury of just dropping in a player like Cole Palmer will probably start getting games for them here and there. But it's not easy to just drop a player in when, when draws are seen as defeats. You know, you can't nurture the players like that anymore. So I think, yeah, this season, see, we're in two, still in two cups. Um there's opportunities yeah well three yeah the big one forgot about that um, the opportunity there to give them games you know as Sean you touched on Cardiff away or Cardiff at home in the next round it's another opportunity you know and you never know after that um, you could get another nice draw and that's when you can give these lads a chance but yeah next season good loan has to be um, and for you're going to send up to Scotland no. I wouldn't no, it's not no. What I mean is, enough. no. What I mean is, if you find a team in Scotland that that are in Europe, in European football, Celtic or Rangers. You... Well, I don't know. You see, the Celtic and Rangers thing. I don't know if both of them get into the Champions League. Um, later qualifying. There's two. Them, they well, both of them will qualify for the Champions League this season because of the coefficient. But I'm just thinking, would, would there be an argument to try them up there in it with a club that would be in European football? Well, actually, but then again. To send them to Germany or something, honestly, yeah. just something that you like, might get. It's you a might tough get a leg up in Scotland. Europe, Europa League into them. That's just, just a top. But um, you're probably conference really maybe. I would look at. I would look at somewhere like Belgium, the Belgian league, the Dutch league, even. Um, they're always in or around the European competitions as well. If you get someone going to an Andelect or you know somewhere like that, Vincent Company's still there. I'm sure there's. 
I mean, there is an awful lot of English players playing in the in Belgium at the minute, and Netherlands, um, well. and the Netherlands, but mainly Bel- mainly a lot in Belgium, to be fair. And it's not too far, but it's far enough away that he can do it quietly. It's not he in the clear of the media. He needs to go somewhere. He, that he needs to be play. playing. Yeah, so if it's a I, team that's if it's a Belgian. Sorry for cutting across again. Yeah, no, no, if no, it's no, a no. Belgian or a Dutch team that are sort of challenging in Europe, there's a risk that a 17, 18 The thing is, when they send any player on loan, there's an agreement put in place that they have to play X amount of games. And if yeah, they don't do the club, have to pay some money to us. But what, yeah. on, uh, not to be like, what will be the story now with sending them out of Europe with Brexit? Because that could, that could actually hamper something like that. Yeah, could yeah. do. Could do. Yeah. I think, could do, actually, like, I think between 18. us all, we I think we agree the most likely is we'd like to see something maybe different, but the the most likely thing is top end champ. But I want top end championship. I don't want some yeah, of the- I think look, if you, if the recruitment team have done out well over the last couple of years, it's definitely loaning players because yeah. you look at Bruce at the Swansea then and then you were able to sell him off the back of his loans because yeah. he obviously felt he wasn't gonna well for whatever reason, they showed him. And then you've Harvey Elliott who who tore yeah. up. Oh, oh, Blackburn, so oh, oh, you Van have to Berg as well. Right doing well at you know what? The thing he is, is well, Kate yeah. Gordon could wait, could Kate Gordon could show up in bleeding Evian next summer, wherever we do, um, the, the pre season tour and be probably eight or nine kgs heavier on muscle and, yeah. and ready to go. Yeah. And that's the that's way, Klopp you wouldn't might know. You wouldn't know that's... Like, yeah, he might just you never know, like, he might have one of those growth because that can happen. Players go, like, I seen that lad, uh, Musiala. Of Bayern Munich, yeah, I don't know yeah. what they're feeding him, but he's at like he he's went away. He's on the He's having fucking potatoes and cabbage every day. I'd say. So you never know. Like it's just it, it, it's mental. Like you know, I definitely do feel like he has got the because like you're seeing stuff from him. He didn't even see from Raheem Sterling at the same. Or Sterling used to infuriate me. He used to ghost players and then he get in front of goal and he go to bits. And he yeah, still yeah. he still does he still does that now as a 26, 27 year old. So what about this? Years. What about this next season, right? Now there's no European football involved in this, but what about Toulouse? Because with the Red Bird Red, Red Board have bought them. They invest in us. They're currently in League Two, but they're near the top. You know, if they were to get into League One, would it be worth sending them? To league one, or is that's a bit of a shit league? But it's a tough league. It's a physical league. It's, it's you know, it's a it, league there is quality league. in that league, and there's a lot yeah. of young players in that league as well, trying to make a name for for themselves. Every player in that league is looking for that big move, so it wouldn't be beyond the pale to to do something like that, especially with a side that we have links with. Yeah, you know. So it, the thing is, I think the style of play, though, doesn't it? You know, yeah, but I think it's important to play football. Yeah, it's important. Tell you what, Forest wouldn't be about after watching a bit of Forest earlier. Yeah. It wouldn't they're be about Forest are on a huge fucking upsurge. Um, because we got Rasmus again, a really good manager. He's a top manager. Yeah, um, Cooper, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, and he, he again, he, he trusts young players. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Were, and that's they were what you need. From. They were bottom mm. three, I think, when he when yeah. he took over, and I think they, they languishing, I, think, yeah. I think they won something like nine of the first eleven games under him or something. It was mad. They're flying now. They're, they're, are they in the playoff places or just just off them? At the they're they're but, about three points outside, but that's nothing in the championship. That can be made up in, in a ah yeah, yeah, that's made up in a half an hour. 
Yeah. You, know I mean? like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can actually go on, you can literally be three points behind someone on a Monday in the championship, wake up on Tuesday without playing, and you're in the, you're in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's fucking yeah, mad, that yeah. league is. And they, they play every two days. There's, there's 46 games, which is just fucking insane. Um, and like, you never stuck for watching football when the championship was gone because they're on every day to believe week is mad. Um, Steve Cooper, ex Liverpool Academy, says own book. Um, doing a great job, doing an absolute great. And they have some backing behind them as well, don't they? Do you remember they brought in a couple of lads from Portugal? And they were, yeah. there was there was huge hype over them and um, players. Well, they're a massive club. They are. Get, Forrest, I'd love Tottenham. to see Forrest back yeah, in the Premier League. I would. I'd love to see Forrest back in the Premier League, just because they have that stand behind the goal. That's kind of a weird shape, um, and when the camera comes over the top, you go, "Jesus, they're doing well to get that in and not fall into the River Trent," which is fair play. <laughs> um, Kev, I come to you. We were talking about it earlier, but we talk about it again. What in the name of fuck is that Shrewsbury defender doing, <laughs> jumping up in the air and swinging his arms around like he's falling down a mine shaft or something? What the fuck is he doing? I think that's something that he's just done throughout his career because he's got away with it at lower league level. The referees don't spot it. There's no VAR. And there's no Is he looking for fouls? I think it's a bit of both. It's making himself as big as possible to get to try to make, even if the ball comes off his hand, it's a deflection. You know, I couldn't get out of the way. He, sh- he shoved me. It was whatever. Whatever excuse he wants to come up with. But he did it more than once, which means to me that's just normal for him. He does it. He's done it before, and when he done it earlier in the game, they spotted in the commentary straight away. I mean, the commentators today were oh god, oh, Jesus, yeah. they were pay- if it was F and a Koku. I think like being on a sedative, painful. But it, when he did it the second time, the ref spotted it straight away. There was no once you saw it in the in the replay. It was like oh my god. You didn't well, two minutes from two minutes from half time, Kev. And I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you know it would have been huge to get a half time. It would have been for them. Yeah, it would have for been them. Massive. I don't think it would have made a difference, but it would have. It would have brought them in a half time. Going, it's one all. You know, keep mm. going. But that, I think that burst that bubble. Like uh, yeah, I think it, it did. And Keith Fabinho slotted it brilliantly as well. Oh, he did. Like and and Keith, I said it to Kev earlier as well. When a penalty was given, I seen Fabinho stood up. I genuinely forgot he could take penalties, right? So <laughs> Fabinho standing there with the ball and going, Fabinho? And then I looked <laughs> and I went, no, he's taking loads of penalties. He's grand. Make the penalty take off now on, in my opinion. Yeah, he's something calm and calculated, unlike Mo. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't care. Mo he's definitely never. waiting for that move from the keeper before he wins yeah. whatever side. Left footers and penalties, just never. I, it, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't care. Um, it just makes me uncomfortable. I squirm. I'm left footed right when I played ball, and I never scored a penalty. And I scored a corner. I scored direct from a corner, and missed the penalty in the next game in a shootout and knocked my team out. So I'm bleeding. And yeah, I agree. Left footers can't hit them, but he took a lot of penalties at Monaco. He was their penalty taker. Do you know what I mean? In that good Monaco team, so he's he's a really really dependable player to to get in there. And when you see him slotting it like that, you just remember that, yeah, you know, when Mo comes up and takes a pen out, he takes the run, it's an unorthodox run, and when he gets to it, it's blasted. And look, he's, his record has been good until he missed there recently, but um, 
it, it'll never be confident with Mo taking it. And Oscar Wolf says, Fabinho missed pens for Liverpool. He did miss penalties for Liverpool, but he had a great record. There's John saying his record 17 from 18 on Monaco. Like, he's a good penalty taker. This fella is good. It's like, for, I like Milner as well. Yeah, well Mo's, Mo's, Mo's missed, Mo's missed one against AC Milan, yeah. one against Leicester, and one against, was it Huddersfield or something? He missed a penalty. Right in a way, wasn't it? No, he misses. So, I so think Huddersfield is in my head. Brandon, he's missed three penalties. Yeah. Liverpool. I think he's taken 22 or 23, right? But do you know what it is with, with, with Salah? It's the left-footedness and it's the long run-up. It's the perfect yeah. combination of what the fuck is going on here. When and you see a fella take a run-up like, from the halfway line nearly, you're going, <laughs> look, stop it. Whereas Fabinho stand there, four steps, bang, doesn't mess Do you remember Beppe Signore's, Beppe Signore's penalties? Yes, they were brilliant. One I loved them. One step, one step. boom. Yeah, the yeah, thing is, Johnny, before your time, probably yeah. you used to just stand ah, with the ball at his feet Signori. and just bang, hit it in. What a penalty! What a penalty! Yeah, the thing is, with Mo, when Mo hits it, he gives the keeper a chance because if the keeper gets anything on it, it'll be enough with the power that he's got on it, it'll be enough to deflect it. And he took the worst pen I've ever scored in the Champions League final, yeah, I don't oh, God, yeah. yeah but that, that's because in. that's because that sap was in goal. Um, Lawrence. <laughs> Ter- but yeah, that's the only thing that makes me keeper. nervous about Mo is he hits it so bloody hard that if the keeper gets a foot on it or anything, it could deflect over, it could go wide, it could go anywhere. And it, Salah it, is 24 from 29. He hasn't missed five for the record, has he? Probably, Probably overall. Well, in fairness, he play, He literally took the biggest pen out in the history of his country's yeah. Yeah. football. So, like, you, you give him the benefit of the doubt, you know what I mean? The fella yeah. had the history of his whole country on his shoulder so I don't he think does have pressure. the onions to do it yeah he has the yeah, stones to do it yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad look if he, if he end up in a penalty shootout I reckon we're in good Nick James yeah. says uh, Salah takes a two week run up and then just twats it you know what yeah. I mean? that's that's the truth but and someone says there the fact that he's uh, Sam says the fact Salah is unpredictable does make it harder for keepers to read them yeah that's why that's true good, because in fairness to him he does put them left right high Middle. low he goes yeah. everywhere I love yeah. the one where he runs up and just opens his foot up and puts it in the top bin and you're not saving them I don't give a fuck who you are yeah. um, and people say I always yeah. go lower penalties I'm sorry you put the pen on the top corner there's no saving low and hard into the corner alright but you take some leading cojones to go for the top bin on a penalty you know what I mean what was, what was the Watford keeper's name Ben Ben Foster because he had his podcast didn't he and apparently yeah, yeah, Salah yeah. he went, Salah went up to him and asked after him the after the game which way were you going to go if I'd have got a pen and it's like if that's the level of detail he's going to to talk to these keepers to see what their mentality is like yeah. you know he's, he's looking for every he possible the one against Leicester I think he misses I don't think he intends to put it there I, 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 yeah because that's perfect um, yeah, I think I think I think he's looking. He, he just doesn't hear it right, you know. In fairness, the one Salah has missed, you kind of go. The keeper's made a good save, but I've yet to see one where you've gone. He's gone right in the corner there, and your man's got to yeah. it. So um, I don't know how the fuck we've gone to penalties. Oh yeah, for Fabinho oh, yeah. scoring. I don't him. know how we got that detail into it. But, um, <laughs> I, I'm happy enough for Fabinho. Well, I'm I'm way more confident over Fabinho over Salah and definitely Firmino taking a penalty. Do you remember Mane fancied himself as a penalty taker and then he got one in, in a European Cup game. I think it was a qualifier I missed one. They were like, right, that's the end of that side. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Game over. I don't give a fuck if you scored two in America on pre-season. Yeah. Get away me. Uh, he, he wasn't that near it again. But we do. 
with penalty takers, even and so I know we're gonna move off this, but like the recent penalty shootouts, you've got Nabby done the blade and top in. He he's oh, yeah, like Nabby, yeah. Uh, Ox is Bobby, good. Bobby's very good yeah. as well. Bobby is good on penalties. Like, you do have some good, good spot kicks, uh, spot kick merchants. Yeah, um, but look, it, it made it 2-1. Goes in a half-time. Happy days. Um, Sean, I'll come to you, because I felt the second half was, it was literally to me like a training session that was winding down. Yeah, well, That's what yeah, it felt well. like to me. And I think it was designed like that. I think, you know, the likes of Van Dijk, Canate, they've all, you know, they haven't played football because of whatever's gone on. Um, yeah. And you've seen players that were out with COVID and come back and stuff like that. But, Sean, it definitely looked like to me, like, just control the second half. You don't have to go mad, just control it, get the minutes in your legs. And it was definitely, a, a, you know, it was definitely a look towards Arsenal on Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, they seemed to just go into cruise control. Although the, the, the talk goal doesn't come until late, they kind of just kept control of the game without them giving us any... Any real hassle. I think Kelleha has a heart and a mount moment, which is unlike him. Yeah. I think. But other than that, it was kind of just plain sailing. It was what you'd expect against a lower league side at Anfield, even yeah. with the mismatch of the young lads in there. But yeah, that's what it was. And like, if you want to go into a, a deep dive into penalties, like you can go into a deep dive now into the the mental goals. Bobby Bobby Firmino scored and goals and assists that he does these mad things. Like, but yeah. And he, he got a boot for his troubles because he was acting the bollocks. Yeah, yeah Kev said it. Kev said he got a right boot earlier. He goes, Gabby deserved it because he was acting the bollocks. Yeah, he was. That's exactly what he was doing. Like he, he And if, if you don't know what acting the bollocks means, you're, you're not from this parish. Yeah. He was yeah. taking the He was taking liberties. But he looked he looked very sharp when he came on, Bobby, and he's going to be so key. I'd say he's buzzing for a shot. Like three weeks. Yeah, but look, I don't think... Bobby's not a player I'd ever associate throwing a strop or not no. giving 100%. You know, even when it's not going, he's not the type of player that if it's not happening for him, he doesn't go out games, he still bores his bollocks and, and puts himself about, you know what I mean? But when Bobby is, when Bobby's hot, he's he's hot, you know, like, and, and you realise, like, I remember 1920 when we won the league, it was basically, how's Bobby playing? Yeah, he's playing well, yeah, well, then we'll win because yeah. when he played well, Everybody played well, you know. So, um, yeah, it was great to see him coming on, and it's just the the bit of ingenuity, genius that you'd associate with me, <laughs> the celebration and our laughing and taking the piss. But yeah, um, and I'm delighted he got a build as well. Because to be honest with you, I would have fucking built him as well if I hadn't been playing against him. Absolutely. Yeah. He, and, but you know what, Gav? Before we do move on there, you know, and not to dig out Max Waltman, but even bringing in Tacky at the start of the second half and then Bobby comes in shortly after that you know we're putting in players up there that can hold on to the ball that can get involved in the game and that can use it whereas Shrewsbury they they had it easy really with Waldman he just couldn't he just looks like a finisher yeah he couldn't get he couldn't impact the game at all do you know what I mean so they had it easier and then you could see the difference I think in the second half you know Tacky we've I think we all like Taki. I like Taki. I'd love him yeah. to score more goals. I'd love him to be a, a good squad option. I think he is a decent squad option. But when he came on, you could see he was that bit more nails, that bit more street smarts than, than the kid had. And that just, that meant Shrewsbury couldn't really get their foot in the game at all and resorted to a few bad tackles in fairness. I felt yeah. he were a bit snidey in the game. There was the one on Robbo. Was, uh, that was yeah, disgraceful, that was yeah. Look, I, the kid who came on, it was that he was the kid, Gav, that I texted you about at the start of the game. Yeah. 
Um, there's a real tragic backstory with him. Um, there was a there was a bad accident in Buncrana in Donegal uh, a few years ago where a car with a family inside slid off the pier and the family that were in the car died. Those five members of his family were in the car. Oh, Jesus. And Josh Daniels. Yeah. And he was the one where Was this the one where the mother survived? I think so. Yeah. And there were, it was his family. And he came on today. It would have been his. He doesn't make that many appearances off. Uh, he's played, he comes off the bench for Shrewsbury. He's only made a few appearances. So this would have been all his dreams come true. And I think he just had a rush of blood. Thought he could get to Robbo. The ball, Robbo just took the ball off him and he went in. And in fairness, if he saw red, there wouldn't have been an argument for it. But I'm no. glad the ref just had a talk <sighs> with him. And it looks like Robbo came off with a bit of a limp, but he looked like he was okay because he put out a tweet later on in the day. Uh, he actually tweeted the one of the wingers that played for um, Shrewsbury today that Robbo played against him seven or eight years ago. And he said it was as hard a game then as it was today. So. It's not a case like these kids ever forget, you know, you know, their mental notes on the players that give them grief and give them give them trouble. So it was nice to see some of the post match stuff as well with the yeah. players. Yeah. Van Dyke, Sean Cottrell coming out, or Steve Cottrell coming out talking about Van Dyke going into their dressing room. But I was happy. I was really happy for that kid to be able to come on at Anfield today, with, yeah, especially think, with that tragic background. I think if I remember rightly, I think. I, yeah, I think four or five people die in that, and and I think five, the mother survives. Um, Barry Devon, he said the kids survived. Yeah, it's a horrific story. Um, but to see a young lad come out of that, I don't know if he was involved in the accident or he might have not been there at the time. But to see a kid come out of that and make his way in life and fair play, oh uh, yeah, yeah and you know what? Um, to, to play at Anfield, I don't know who he supports, but to play at Anfield for Shrewsbury today must have been huge from so um fair play to him on that. Yeah. Um Bobby gets the back heel because that's what he does. But in fairness, <laughs> um Bradley does well. Fabinho sets him in, he gets it back. It looks for Canate, I think uh, Shrewsbury player gets a touch to it. Yeah. And he back heels it in. Um and that's the game then. That's three one and Liverpool are really, really playing it out. But um Fabinho Fabinho um, isn't finished, Keith. He's not having yeah. any of it. Um, was he supposed to be? No, we, like he just—he's not like 90, 93 minutes, and he's not having a bar of this. He wants another one. And I said earlier, I don't know whether he's trying to hit the Shrewsbury fans with this, or he's trying to hit the goal. If he's trying to hit the Shrewsbury fans, it's poor. If he's trying to hit the goal, um, fair play to him. But it's nice to see him get two, isn't it? And to be that far forward. Yeah, to be exactly to be in the mix out there. Um, He's a good finisher. He's a good striker of the ball, Fabinho. You know, we've seen that in goals that he scored. He can hit it. Um, I think they would have got a penalty if um, maybe not at that time. He might have just blown it up. But I think it's a handball on the first header and then he just reacts, smashes it in top corner. I love them finishes. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's all well and good. A nice technical, you know, little clip or a long range drive. But them ones when you're like three yards out and smashing into the top of the, the roof of the net, they're always good. But Fabinho's a player who I think maybe should score. Well, no, it's harsh. You know, when you play that position for us, we get enough goals. We don't really need our number six to be chipping in with his fair share. But when you can hit a ball as clean as he goes, it's good to see him getting on the scoreboard. And to see him getting uh, juice today was nice. Um, yeah, Fabinho thought he was excellent today. Um, 
with the young lads beside him. Um, I, I thought he played really well. And as you say, we don't usually see him in the box on them. Uh, it was a good delivery by Simicas. Simicas hits her in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Simicas his on. first touch. First touch comes on, whips it in. Um, great delivery. The, does he get a glance onto the head off of being? I think he does. I think it's a, a little skinner and it hits him and uh, it just drops then. Drops as, as perfect as it can and he reacts and everyone else is putting hands up for a, a handball and he just goes in and smacks it. So yeah, delighted with that. Yeah, sorry, I'm just I'm just reading back on, on, on that tragedy and, and I just wanted to make sure I had it right. Um it's it's horrendous, but um I don't think that, that lad was involved in the accident. But um, yeah. it was definitely his family that was involved in it. But um, we're not leaving this game without talking about their shithead. No, fans, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm no, going on no, to the next. No, I'm going no. on to the next. Um, but look, that's um, that's four one. Um, it's most definitely game over. It puts a more you know fair reflection on the way the game went, in my opinion. Although Shrewsby worked hard, Liverpool had loads of the ball, and we're we're you know, little bits away from really opening them up and making big, big chances. But um, a few people in the chat tonight have mentioned uh, the Shrewsbury fans. And, you know, their own goalkeeper comes out, or their own sub-goalkeeper comes out, because yeah. a video a video comes out, um, I don't know whether it's before, it is the fans before the game, but I don't know when it comes out, so it, people might be able to tell me. But basically... Um, they're in Liverpool and they're shouting about the uh, Hillsborough victims. Um, and they're not shouting nice things. Um, I'm not going to repeat what they're shouting. They never deal, guys. They never deal. But um, I have to give a big shout out to the Shrewsbury uh, sub-goalkeeper that tweeted and said um, Liverpool showed nothing but respect um, today to us. And these people that were singing this should be ashamed of themselves. Um, should be arrested and identified and banned for life from Shrewsbury Ground. I don't know what the ground is called. It used to be Gay Meadow. I don't know what it's called now. Um, but Charlie Borgoyne is the name of the keeper. Fair yeah. folks don't. Fair yeah. Um, he he's he's not backward about coming forward on this. Shawnee, the goalkeeper, yeah. and you've seen a pattern in the game as well, Shawnee. You know. I'd say they spent 80-90% of their time singing about Liverpool and singing about different things rather than backing their own their own side but when you see when you see what they're singing on the streets in Liverpool before a game um, I'd be interested to see exactly where they were singing it because I'd love them to go up near Anfield and sing that and see how far they get but Sean you're like this is just this is just fucking never ending you know, and no matter how much evidence is put out there, no matter how yeah, much, as long as you're not, as long as you're not singing about Chelsea's, yeah, what we think of the Chelsea fans are, as long as you're not getting Carabao Cup semi-finals rearranged, yeah, they give these, they give Liverpool fans a fucking victim complex. Well, it's almost like it exists. You know what I mean? It's absolutely ridiculous, and I'm sick of it, Gav. To be honest with you. It's ridiculous at this stage. Like the one thing I will say, and I'm I'm delighted that we don't get many of them shy hawk lower league clubs and our fans in there. Well, it's it's unfair to to enable the whole to tie them all with the one rush, but that's lower league behaviour. That's none. That's vanorama behaviour. This you shift bastard when the goalkeeper is kicking the ball out and all. It's just it's absolute. 
oafism. I, I, it's one thing I'd never understand is toning up the football with this mentality and a, a jolly boys out and look, yeah, the third round of the FA Cup away to to Liverpool. If you can't enjoy that day without making a dickhead out of yourself, then I, I really do feel sorry for you because you're you're completely um, misconstruing what what the game is about. Um, the magic of the cup, me bollocks, it should be stamped out, and the FA should do something about it because not only last week did you have uh, feed the scousers and this that and the other, where all the problems that we have going on in societal issues these days. Football is supposed to be bringing us together, but yeah. sometimes it just does more to, to cause a divide. And we wonder why the scousers and Liverpool fans have this complex is because they fucking get it from all angles. Uh, yeah. And, and that, that's but, just but, the truth. But, and nothing has ever done about it. But we're nah. not allowed to say and. And you know what? In the time when that that, that and documentary went out over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I watched it with, with my girlfriend, he was. Oh, she watched Liverpool with me, but what I want to see how it affected her, that should affect anybody with a heart. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you, you should <clears throat> carry that down in, and always remember that that there's more to football than than going on like that. And it's just, it's it's you know, it's it's sad in a way, but it's just it's a lot of bollocks. And it's the same yesterday with the fucking the the shower at Millwall. Bound the knee, like Scumbags. football is supposed to bring out the best in us, but sometimes it does the, the exact opposite. And, it, and it's football it's is a, a reflection of society. And yeah. listen, I left England in 2010. I spent 23 years living there, and when I left in 2010, food banks were a rarity. There are more food banks now in the UK than there are McDonald's. Yeah. It's a sad indictment of the society that the country uh, that has allowed that to be normalised. And as football fans, you see it on the terraces. You see, you hear it week in, week out. And it was said to Gary Lineker during the other week when it was being yeah. sung by the Leicester fans. And Gary Lineker, with a huge 7.8 million people platform on Twitter, I didn't hear it. I was in the studio. We didn't. Ha- I, it didn't come yeah. through on the feed. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that came through on everyone's television. Yeah. Every yes. fucking every game Everyone, you hear it loud and clear. Can, like I it's, just, can I just caveat something real fa- real quick? That seeing Hannah alone in the chat there saying, "Boy, look, Hannah, I am not for one condoning homophobic or any any xenophobic homophobic. I don't care what your ethnicity is, what your sexual preference is. That's none of that is right. Two wrongs don't make a right. But what doesn't make fucking sense to me is that." Why, why are Liverpool ones are, fans only the ones that are ever punished? Why, why is it only come up when it's about us? Yeah. Same the other way, during the week when we had to get a game cancelled. It, it was all about what we fucking did. It was not. It's yeah. It's but only Johnny, us. Yeah, but and, Johnny, and you we, see, Liverpool, Liverpool will hold Liverpool hold their own fans to a higher standard. Anyway, I get that, guy, you know but that saying? like. But that doesn't mean they should just fucking lie down and take it. No, no, no. They should not. No, they should not lie down and take it. Absolutely not. But what like Liverpool fans will tell you if it's right or wrong because they're very knowledgeable and they're very honest and they're very, you know, they they won't be swayed by saying something that might become. They won't say it for the popular masses, if you know what I mean. I'll and, tell you what, Gav, Football is supposed to be seen as a walking class game, and if you think singing about poverty 
Yeah. It's the right thing to be doing at a working class game. It will show you just how fucking far I would touch these but, people but are. The because funny, the, I'm living in a world is, where working class people, there's nurses yeah, working in the NHS who are doing 50, 60 hours a week yeah. and they have to fucking turn to field banks. Yeah, well, uh, we're getting into politics now, which we won't, but it, it, it's not right. Like, no, it's it, not right, it, but not what right. I would None say is. is right. But we're always the one that live up. I won't say we I'd say Liverpool and Scousers are always the one who get leveled at as they fucking do this. They're, they're always the victims, this, that, and the other. They're still pissing on the graves and 97 people who unlawfully lost their lives by singing and chanting songs every other week. Yeah, having and a you know, and you know, and you know why? Do you know why the the when Liverpool are are involved in any way, they're held. You know, there's a big furore over Liverpool because they know Liverpool fans hold themselves to a higher standard. That's the funny thing. We'll do what we want, but we're going to hold you to a much higher standard than anybody else because why? Because you demand a higher standard, and it's that's how fucking simple it is. Like with regards to field banks, right? Feed the scousers comes from. You know, all poorest areas in the poorest areas in England and stuff like that. I don't know where Liverpool is in the poorest area in in England, but I wouldn't say it's top, right? Um, it's a brilliant city. Um, it has, you know, there's so much going for it. There is poor areas in it. There's good areas in it. It's like anywhere else. It's like anywhere else, right? But you see, you have to remember, Liverpool got this got this reputation because during the Thatcher um, regime, as I call it, right? They wanted they wanted to manage the decline of the city. Right, they wanted to manage the decline of the city, mm-hmm. and what happened is exactly that. Right, it only started coming around again in the in the um, I think it might be in the late nineties when they were announced as the city of culture for I think it was two thousand and eight, if I'm right. And you're seeing a lot of money going into Liverpool and stuff like that. But you go there now; it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant place, right? With regards to with regards to um, the chance that we're done today, I don't know how much people need to be shown. And how much they need to be proven and and proved to be shown to them, actually actual decisions and um, verdicts have to be shown to people before they realise that Liverpool fans went to a football game in 1989 to a football game, right? And because it was mismanaged by the people that were meant to be in charge, and actually by people that were in charge that shouldn't have been, I go that far as saying, they lost their lives, okay? And it's gone through. 30 years, right? It's what, 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 30, would it be 33 years now this year, right? And still you have people. I've seen it on Twitter in the last 24 hours. People. Yeah. I've seen still, it there in the chat. Well, lads. Well, yeah. in the chat there. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, mate, if it's a joke to you, that's well and good. Consider yourself lucky that you've seen that as a joke because you don't know what fucking people are going through showing up a game. So, as far as I'm concerned, people like you are part of the problem. And you probably need to be sitting down to be educated, but you're probably ignorant anyway to have that done anyway. So I haven't seen this. You think those things to, are a fucking to. joke? It's only because you haven't lived here. I know. Look, I've been very lucky with my, my my with my upbringing. I'm happy to say I've never had to deal with anything like that. But that yeah. doesn't mean I'm not mindful of people who have. And that's where education comes into it. So if it's just a joke to you, that's fair enough. Who, who, who is this a joke to? Because I haven't seen this comment. The Welch yeah, lad or something was called. He said it's the man up if you can't take a bit of banter or something yeah. along those well, lines. He, he must be a big man himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the thing is, when it comes to when it comes to the stuff over Hillsborough, um, people you see people were led people were led by the media, 
right, into what to believe, okay? And we know this, and we know it was covered up, and we know they were, they were, they were pushed down this road to believe X, Y, and Z. It took a long time for the truth to actually come out. It has come out. Um, and still people, you know, it'd be like, It'd be like me believing something for ages and ages and then going, are you fucking mad? No, that's not it. And then you go, oh, that's what happened. Is it? Or that's this. And then, oh, well, I'm still going to believe what I believe for ages anyway. With regards to food banks. Um, hide Leicester behind, fans, it's my opinion. What? They hide behind, it's my opinion. I'm entitled to believe. Well, you see, the thing is, the you're not entitled to an opinion. No, and, and, it's bollocks. And, I agree 100%. I, I, don't have, I don't have an opinion on Hillsborough because no. I wasn't there. All right. And I didn't have first hand thing on it. The only opinion I would have on Hillsborough is that I've watched and listened and read a serious amount of stuff in it. And the biggest thing I've read or watched or listened to is the information that have come, has come across in the last seven or eight years when all evidence was presented to an independent panel. And you had the government in the UK, David Cameron and, um, and others, making Double apologies over it, okay? And my opinion of it now is that what has come out is now 100% the truth. That's it. I don't have any other opinion on it. That's it. But with regards to food banks, Leicester fans sang about this, okay? Leicester fans sang about this. And the following week, a Liverpool fan was outside a food bank in Leicester donating money or donating food, okay? These food banks aren't exclusively in Liverpool. Yeah. If you go and check out the food banks to help out at Liverpool, they'll be at the um, the corner of the cop and the centenary stand or the Kennedy Agri stand every single game. If you go and ask them who do you walk alongside, they're f- all different cities. All different cities they are involved with, they're tied in with and they help out. So for anybody to think that Feed the Scousers is something that's funny, A, because you, you you laugh at people that might need food or some sort of help and just decide that it's always oh, Liverpool and it's funny. Have a fucking word with yourself. But if you think it's exclusive to Liverpool and that's what the song is sang, it, listen, I don't even think education will help you. I genuinely believe that. Because if you go onto their website or check out their social media, you will see that all these fan-supporting food banks initiatives are based on all over England. And as you say, Kev, there's more food banks in England than McDonald's. Listen, if you if you think it, you can just turn up in one ground, um, in, in one league, in one country, and sing a song like that because you think it's exclusive to that city or that area. But that's the nail on the head. It doesn't get sung anywhere else. It doesn't get sung anywhere else. Only at Liverpool. Only at Liverpool Football Club. And Everton fans don't get it. You know, they get some, but they don't get what we get. And it's it's disgusting. Do you know what I mean? Like, Welsh lad can say, you know, oh, it's just, a, uh, you know, don't be offended by that. It's not banter. It's not football banter. Do you know what I mean? And I've seen a lot of what about me as well over the last few days about, oh, well, Liverpool fans mock Munich. I don't, you know, see Munich chants or anything like that. And I'm sure it happens. But I'm sure if it does happen, people get pulled up on it. What happens with Liverpool is... This fella, what's uh, Harry, what's his name? Uh, Harry Borgoyne. As a, he's a goalkeeper on Shrewsbury. He's not, you know, their first choice keeper. He's 26 years old. He's not at the end of his career. He called out his own fans today for what they've done for their behaviour. Would you, and fair play to this fella, would you go and mock somebody about a dead relative in the real world? Like, would you go up to somebody who was at a, an anniversary for a dead 
um, relative and laugh and sing about it. No, you wouldn't. So why is it okay to sing and laugh and joke about 97 people who died in a tragedy that wasn't caused by Liverpool fans? It's being proved it wasn't caused by Liverpool fans. So why should that be a joke? Why should that be funny? Why should that be mocked? People who do that are subhuman scumbags. There's no other way around that. So if you mock Hillsborough, uh, you mock Munich, or you mock Oibrox, or you mock Bradford, or you mock any other thing where people do it, you're the scum of the earth. And using Hoysel as well as a weapon makes you the scum of the earth. Do you know what I mean? You don't mock these things. These are tragedies. People do it. Family members had to deal with this thing. And I've seen on Twitter the last few days, family members getting targeted by scumbags that claimed they were at Hillsborough and it was Liverpool fans' fault. It's disgusting what happens. It's absolutely stomach-torning. But there where's all the other big names that don't call this out, Where's all the other big names that don't call it out? This this fella here has a blue tick or whatever, Hardy Bourgoin. Where's the other bleeding mouthpieces that call everything else out? That have not once called out the singing of Hillsborough songs, the singing of poverty. Yeah, none and it's, of them. But it's not being it's not being walked off like uh, I think this or I think that. This is what this is the fact. Like Avo the Tord is a long, long time listener and viewer of this channel, and he says, "I was in the Lepping Lane and Lepping's Lane end of Hillsborough Ave, and I know exactly what happened. I've stopped going to football because of crowds and scum fans." Okay, he knows exactly what happened. Okay, and he has an opinion on it because he was at it, right? Yeah. He probably gave evidence with regards to what went on. But we sit here 30 years after the, the event, right? The fact we're still fucking doing this. The, exactly. The yeah. fact that we're still talking about this is the worst thing. Of the, no, it well, should it's not be the worst a closed thing. book. What happened is the worst thing. But it's, it's, an, it's an appalling situation where we are still talking about this, still trying to defend Liverpool fans and still trying to put the word or the, the, the thing straight on this. And that's the wor- that that's an awful thing for anybody. And you're right, Keith. You know, like if someone came up to me and I was an anniversary of a family member that had died and went on like that, I'd f- you'd have to take, you'd have to pull them off. You know what I mean? Or pull me off them. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you wouldn't, Gav, because these are like it's the hive mentality. It is muppets in their droves. These these are the same collect that go to the walk up in Russia and the Euros in France and get battered by Russian and Polish hooligans because they're fucking idiots. That's what it is. Yeah. And that this is the hive my mentality of, and I'd like to say not all England fans, but just some of them on a jolly. That's all it is. These lads on their big day out. We it's see true. it every summer and it's always, why is it always the England fans? I've been with Liverpool fans away. I've been Champions League final in Madrid and the sports fans and how cordial it all was and it was great and there was none of these jobs around looking to start fights I've been in the away ends with Liverpool I was in the away end that Eddie had with Liverpool and it's nothing but just good vibes and supporting your team none of this shy of mocking the dead are yeah, taking the piss out of less fortunate and look this is just the mentality of these jobs that fucking probably have way too many cans of Carlin and probably sit up the night before the game watching Green Street on DVD, going out looking for fucking fights at football games. Like a lot of people are saying, it's a society issue, and it will continue to be a society issue, because unfortunately, we cannot educate fucking Amadons. And yeah. Amadons are for people who are brain dead. And we're wasting that time. And I'm sorry I even bit on that Welsh lad lad's comment, because that's probably exactly 
what he was looking for, and then that's my bad. Yeah, well, we've, you know we've, know we've, seen, we've seen the we've seen the Sun newspaper being banned from from Anfield and and stuff like that. I wonder how far it goes where Liverpool FC start producing recordings of the away end and showing the police and the FA in the Premier League going, listen, this has gone on from X club and we are now going to put something forward where they have no fans around Anfield next season. And we continue to do this until it stops. And I, I'm, I'm wondering how far it gets because, like, Red Steve says, we shouldn't have to talk about it 30 years on, but the problem is we do. We should be talking about it in the sense, Red, Red Steve, that you've seen stuff like the Hillsborough law that, that they want to bring out. You want to remember the victims um, and you want to remember the families that have what they've gone through and what they fought for for 30 years. That's what you should be talking about. How these yeah. people were done some of the most courageous things you've ever seen. You know, that and that and um, drama that was on um, just the past week is is about Anne Williams and what she went through. But, but even by watching that is is unbelievable. But she didn't go through that alone. There's so many people out there um, that are in the same situation that went through the, probably the same, I'm not saying the same or worse than her, but in a very similar situation. And if you multiply that by, you, you could be talking hundreds of people, thousands of thousands. people that went through the same situation as she did. Um, if you watch, if you take the verdicts and actually go and look at the outcome, go and read Hills with the Truth by um, Phil Scranton. Um, like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, if, read his books. Go and read Watch that. his documentary. Watch his no, documentary. Go, read the book. Trust me, I've read the book yeah. and it's absolutely, there's an updated version of it now. It's absolutely unbelievable to read. And we should be admiring these people. We should be admiring these people and the, the relatives that, that went to a game and didn't come home. That's what we should be doing. But instead, we're sitting here and we're having to defend ourselves against fucking idiots. And we, it should stop. It should absolutely stop. But when you have social media that allows people to come on anonymously and say things like I've seen on Twitter over the last couple of days to, in particular, a girl whose father, I think, died at Hillsborough, and her having to entertain this and her having to justify herself, I, I find that absolutely appalling. But look, we've got into that, um, and I just thought we, we'd talk about it. What went on with the Shrewsbury fans in Liverpool today it wasn't all of them because there was thousands of them no. at the game yeah. and there was a few of them that was seen doing this. And in fairness, Gav, I did see uh, a Shrewsbury podcast and a fanzine uh, chatting under the comments from the goalkeeper and and they absolutely lashed him out and said he didn't see any of this, but they told the, you know, not all fans are the same. Not all fans are like that. Most fans are decent human beings. But as Sean, he said mob rules and when you get into these little mobs and they're all dressed in black and they're all just out there to have a little laugh and get on the hoover and have the drink they all start acting the shithead and that's what it is and I don't give a bollocks if there's 10,000 of them there if 20 little tow rags are seen doing that that's the whole fan base tarnished yeah. and that's the whole city tarnished if they yeah. can start policing themselves then they're yeah. just going to get labelled at least this with the Shrewsbury players calling it out hopefully in the future, you'll see more of it. And so I think the more noise that Liverpool fans make, and Liverpool fan channels make, might push the club towards, like you said, take the audio, take it to the police, take it to the FA in the Premier League, and say, look, we're not going to supply tickets to these people if they, if this carries on. Yeah. Leave the clubs, leave it in, their, in the opposing I'm not, I'm club's not hands. Even to, I'm not even talking about... The technology that you have now, right? So, there's now... There's, uh, every ticket, there's now, there's, every ticket is paperless now. Ooh. You have 4K cameras 
around the whole stadium and you could literally you could section out exactly what seat they're sitting in and you could report back to that club to say who who was ticket such and such distributed to the person sitting in this seat for the away end and that would and you could stamp it out and it's the same with racism it's the same with everything across the board we're banging the drum like I just I do feel that until there's an across the board education of these idiots there's nothing we can do because like we're going on about like I remember growing up in school I wasn't alive when Hillsborough happened it was 89 wasn't it yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't even thought of I went to school with lads who were the same age as me who who would turn around and say like stuff like murderous to me and mm. when I was in school in Dublin Ireland yeah and they weren't even born so where did they inherit that from exactly like, it, it's indoctrinated. You're yeah. taught to hate. Yeah. Like nobody, you, you don't, you nobody's born with that hate in them. Nobody has that hate in them. You're taught to hate. You can only learn that. Nobody is naturally hateful towards yeah. any section. I fucking hate Manchester United. I hate them with a passion, but I respect them and I'd never mock the dead. And the, the Munich disaster is a terrible tragedy and it should never be mocked by anybody. Same with Heusel, same with all of these, but that's, that's just the war we live in, unfortunately. It, it, yeah. Products of our environment, unfortunately. Well, look, um, it's something that would probably have to be looked at again, but uh, I think it was Red Steve said it. Yeah, he did. It's still on the screen there. Um, I have to talk about it. It's ridiculous, but trust me, if 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 you're a, if you're a football fan or, or just a person in general, um, when it comes to the, the 97... Um, victims of Hillsborough, their families, um, their friends, uh, the survivors that went and come back. If you don't have the utmost respect for them and the utmost sympathy for them, um, because of what they've lost and what they've gone through, there's something wrong with you. Um, and I and yes, I, I, I say that without I say that without any worries. There's something wrong with you because they should have your utmost respect and your utmost yeah. sympathy um, for what they've gone through and what they've lost and what they fought for. And with regards to food banks. Um, Get off the internet and stop being a fucking idiot. And you know what? Instead of paying um, X amount on your phone every month, take a fiver off the amount of data you're allowed because you shouldn't be using it and give it to a field bank. Genuinely. Because there's people out there and it could be any of us tomorrow. It could be like, I'm, I'm, I speak for myself. I'm in a fortunate position where I, you know, I have a good life. I have wife, kids, cars, whatever it might be. But tomorrow could all change like that. And I could be the one going down and saying, listen, I've no food. I, I can't feed my kids, wherever it might be. And there's no shame in it. And people shouldn't be shamed for that. This is, this is a result of what's going on in the wider world and the governments that run things and stuff like that. And you shouldn't look down on these people. You shouldn't mock them. You should be saying, do you know what? Jesus, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a tenner in there. I'm going to drop cans of food, whatever it might be to help somebody out. You should always help your fellow man. Yeah. That's the way it is. But you, yeah. but, I just have no time for when it comes to the Hillsborough stuff, no. and I have no time for people when it comes to field banks because uh, you know what, making that jump- affects one area is what yeah. really fucking annoys me. Really annoys. Sorry, sorry if I jumping in there, Gav, but I'm hoping to go to the Brentford game next week, and I'm bringing my son. It's his first time going to a game, yeah. and I'm going to go on my way to get a bag of stuff and bring it to the field bank at the game. And that's not for me to, you know, you know, make me feel better or anything. 
it's to explain to him that you know not everybody is lucky not everybody is in the oh, same position yeah. and yeah exactly you know we take things for granted like filled fucking filled do you know what i mean and we take that for yeah. granted and i'm gonna make sure that i have a bag and i'm gonna explain to him he's seven years old and i'm gonna explain to him why i'm doing that and the importance of doing that because someone said earlier about the the hillsborough stuff not learned behavior do you know what i mean if if you teach your people you teach your kids that you look after each other you don't fucking mock people you don't you don't laugh at the dead you don't laugh at the poor the less well off i mean it, it it's to even say it is crazy to even say it out loud is fucking yeah. disgusting but that's the society we're in today and i'm going to be doing that for my son just to let him know listen we're lucky we have filled we have heat we have a roof over our head not everyone has that and i'll yeah. be making sure that I, I, I just i just can't get my head around it i genuinely can't how and and you know what it is even if you even if you internally feel that even if you yeah but even if you feel that internally right what what in what would make you go out meet up with your mates and the highlight of you when your mates day is going to be go into some arena to show about people not having food or people that have supposed to be an escape from reality Yeah. yeah exactly exactly but you know what the funny thing is shawnee what they're shouting is a fucking escape from reality because they're not in reality. Yeah. That's the truth. Um, listen, we've, we've spent an awful lot of time on that, but we... It's Can we have a bit of crack now and talk about the yeah. Afcon? Yeah, well, listen, I was going to talk about Trent... <laughs> I, was, I was going to talk about Trent po- po- uh, po- uh, testing positive for COVID. Nah, it doesn't matter. COVID no. with me, bollocks. Yeah, Don't and, and Klopp has said... Listen, there was a lot of There was a load of dodgy antigen tests knocking around uh, the access centre last week, but they've sorted it now. Arsenal are going fucking rash. Our big... Shower the crowd, cry as the are, right? Uh, we've got Cardiff at home in the, in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And um, we've Arsenal up on Thursday. But look, we'll be doing shows during the week on that. But anyway, let's get on to this. Shawnee, the AFCON. Um, we'll all have a little word on this before we go. We'll, we'll go for another 10 minutes or so, right? But the, yeah, AFCON, the AFCON is, we're two games in, is probably <laughs> my favourite football tournament of all time. You got, Don't get me twisted now. I'm not laughing at it. No, no, no. It's brilliant. To be honest with you, it's... I think Ian Roy spoke really glowingly about the African Cup. Like, this is huge for those players. Like, you know, yeah. this is, it's huge for them. It's, it's a big, and when you're seeing today, like, there's a lot going on in, in, in Cameroon at the moment. And yes, you only have to look Serious back at South Africa. Yeah. This, this is what I mean by escapism. And you, you look at that opening ceremony today, and I was buzzing watching it going, this is fucking great. And then the match kicked off. And I might as well have been watching a huge tournament in the middle of May or June. It was mental. It's just mad. It's just no, it's like a game of basketball. Honestly, like the the, the fourth goal today, if you haven't seen it in the Cameroon game, you need to Burkina Faso. Like yesterday, you had Burkina Faso coming out saying, "Hold on, they're saying that all of our best players are at the test positive. We're not having yeah. this, this witchcraft. They were playing the host nation. It, it's just, it's brilliant. What happened with them players, by the way? They didn't play. Right, okay. They were all Bertrand Traore played, didn't he? But yeah, Edmund so talks need, over it. It's football in its purest form. And you can tell that these fellas are playing their hearts and souls out for their countries. And they're just giving a 100% Absolute hatchet, men in the tackle. Oh, the, the, oh. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The standard is not great. But no. the, the, the goalkeeper but today... But it's definitely something you can relate to. Yeah. It, yeah, 100%. And the goalkeeper today... and without for want of a better term, the only way I could describe him is 
like a Jack Russell with two Mickeys. He was all over the place. There's about six crosses going into the box and he's taking the head off his own centre-half's going for the ball. And then your man finishes it at the back post and he's not even aware of what's going on. And then all his mates reeling off, celebrating with him, dancing. It's just, it's brilliant. And you know what? I... It's a break from me now. If if there's a if there's a clash during the week between a Premier League game and an Afcon game, yeah. I know what game I'm going to be watching. It's, it's just, not Liverpool. There's a, there's there's a freedom to, to it, isn't there? There's a freedom to how they play. It's it's just like when I watch this tournament, I kind of think they're having a good time in it. Now, there's definite pressures on them. There's definitely, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. We, the, ex, the expectation is there. But there's a freedom in so many of these teams that are playing. There's some good players like That first goal for Burkino well. Faso today, Sean, he sent me a link. And I must have watched it 10 times. Headed off the line, cross back in. Hit the, the keeper nearly pulls the crossbar down. He hits it that fucking <laughs> hard, right? And then it comes back in. Fella falls on the ground. Another fella knocks in the top corner. It's it just all happening. I was like, this is fucking deadly. And then um, Ethiopia were playing... Um, Cape Ethiopia Verde. were playing Cape Verde. Verde. And it was... Who was it who said... And actually, shout out to uh, Roberto Lopez yeah. from Dublin playing yeah. for Cape Verde yeah. today. We're all oh, getting man. behind the Cape Verde lads yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're all Cape Verde here. Oh, we're all Cape track. Verde. Absolutely, we're all Cape Verde. But the but the goal, uh, the Ethiopian goalkeeper had a, was it a Joma jersey on? And the rest of the boys had Umbro on. Uh, and, yeah, Ethiopia had Umbro jerseys on, the keeper didn't have it. That's magic though. Yeah. For yeah. me. That's a brilliant quick question. Like, uh, that, it's, it's just, it, it's great. Like, and you know what? We were all going, oh, this Afcon is a pain in the bollocks. But like I was saying, this means so much. Yeah. Yeah. Tell that um, to the African lads. And, we and think our the, tournament's a lot of show The culture in Africa, you can tell every single one of those countries will be engrossed in that for the next five weeks. And I hope it brings them some sort of joy because yeah. it, in the war we're living in at the moment, that's exactly what I'm going to be focusing on. I'm actually looking yeah. up. I, I can't <laughs> wait now for the next game because it's just mental. Tuesday is going to, there's a cracker on Tuesday, uh, Nigeria and Egypt. And yeah. be, who, who, on are, who are favourites currently for the tournament? Senegal. Senegal. Senegal, Senegal well, someone says they're the seventeen players. Yeah. Well, yeah, they uh, went in as favourites. You know, where, where they stand at the moment. The thing is, me and Chris were chatting about this Friday night. Of all the countries that are in it, I think out of all of the groups, I think three of them qualify for the knockout stages. Um, most of the countries with top-end players will be into the latter stages. Senegal will be fine by the time... Those players are cleared to come back. They'll, they'll probably still be favourites. Algeria will be second favourites. Morocco. Morocco. You, yeah. you were shouting about Keith with the likes yeah. of Hakimi and Saiz. They'll be tough to beat. They've had nine clean sheets in their last 10 games. Yeah. Um, Algeria are unbeaten in their last 34 yeah. on, in, in Africa. Nigeria's uh, team. The players that they have now, whether that translates to a Nigeria team, to me really, are like really good players in there. Yeah, Nigeria to me are like the Netherlands. You know, yeah. they um, there's they've got great players, but that squad will definitely splinter into three or four groups <laughs> by the time you know living together and everything. They'll just go off on each other, and he's not speaking to him, and he's not speaking to Africa, and they'll just fall away. But Senegal look a proper outfit with Cooley Daddy and Mane and. Mendy. Yeah, Edward Mendy. 
even Onana today playing for Cameroon, you know, he, he's been out, he's done something really dodgy and he hasn't played for Ajax for a year. He was on the move to the Premier League. Chelsea were strongly looking at him before they went for Mendy. Well, this Senegal are looking at one player. Yeah. and Mendy have tested positive. Apparently, now, um, someone else was saying there that the rules are um, if you have 11 players, you play. Goalkeepers can play out, and outfield players can play in. So, <laughs> well, um, it's all about the mighty dollar. They're not, they're it's going to be last. It's going to be last. We joke, but it will. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, it will be allowed to go to that. But yeah. the, the thing about the Ethiopia Cape Verde game today, 12 minutes in, red card. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. Love it. There'll be loads of red no cards. The referees are absolutely shocking, Mike. And yeah. I tell you, yeah. thing, Kev, do you know what I love about it? They, 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 they don't bother complaining, the players. No. It's just like, he's the man. It's he tells you, you're off, you're off. They yeah. don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> but the best of it is they got VAR as well. So, I mean, the referees are shocking. And then you've got the guy on the VAR telling referee what you should and shouldn't do. It's a recipe for disaster. I fucking love it. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> well, look, um, it's it's definitely a tournament that um, it's definitely a tournament I, that I you know, there's some proper players in this. Moment. There is proper players, there's but when you mix that in with, with pitch, coming through as well, when you mix that in with, with fanatical fans, like I mean fanatical, like that, they're non-stop noise, right? I wish they'd lose the fucking Vuvuzelas. Yeah, I know. They're paying the whole. But when you mix that in, the 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 pitches aren't the best. The referees probably aren't the best, and then sometimes just a free for all. It's you know when you know when you you see a Euros or a World Cup, probably a Euros more, and it's like. Everything is immaculate. Everything is the players. Everything's set up for the. Yeah. Everything is set up for real cultured football and it's the technicians and tactics. Whereas in the African nations, it's a bit more of this is proper football. You know, everything yeah. isn't perfect, yeah. and they're just going for it. And like Keith said, they're lashing in tackles on twelve minutes as if you know they're one nil down with fucking in the last in the chase and last man back. They, they just they Love live the, they live the moment when they're playing. It's absolutely but it's mad. It's mad. Like some of the things you know you are touched on there, Gav was you know England go to the World Cup or the Euros and and they're picking this fucking mountain resort where they can train and base themselves, and then you see the stuff coming out like who was it Burkina Faso or something. Put a got a, a witch doctor to put a fucking spell on Mane or something so he, he break his leg or something in the next match. And then you'd navigate the Guinea. The president has pulled all the squad together and told him if they don't win the tournament, they all have to pay back the money that they put in to sending them there. It's fucking madness. Like, this is absolutely haywire. I love this it. Tournament. I, I love absolutely it. love it. Yeah. Gar Max and the best Gar- of it is, it's all on BBC as well. There's yeah, loads yeah, of games on BBC score, yeah. and Sky and everything. So there's no excuses. Shed loads of football on there for, for and the next And it's a welcome break from all this. All yeah. It is a welcome break. It is a welcome break. Uh, LFC says, did you see that if you have 11 players, an outfield player has to go and go? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and if you have 11 and two of them are goalkeepers, one of the goalkeepers has to play out. They're, they're just playing the games. They don't give a fuck. Uh, Garmax says, Gav, can you give some Liverpool lady, Liverpool ladies some yeah. love? 6-0 win away at Blackburn today and a six-minute hat-trick from Ireland's Leanne wow. Kiernan. Um, That's Chris Brack put in. Yeah, well, Gary, Gary Max says that, so it must be Chris Brack's boner. Chris Brack put it in that, yeah, Leanne Kiernan got three, but all the goals were scored by Irish girls today. Now, really? um uh, what's her name? Rachel Rachel Fornes is it? She's Northern Irish and Nia Fahey. Um yeah, the all all Irish scorers, which is great. Right. See, there yeah. you go. Um 
I think that's about it. The rest of the week, tom- what tomorrow's Monday, um, we will have a forum. I'll I'll be on at two o'clock every day this week before anyone asks. Monday it's going well, isn't it? Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. There's yeah. loads of regulars come in at two o'clock. We're talking about transfers that definitely won't happen, but we like talking <laughs> about players. Um, and we're talking about annual news out of Liverpool. And there's loads of people. Um, there's loads of people uh, joining in on that. So two o'clock every day, Monday to Friday. Check that out. Um, that's the cop update. The forum should be back tomorrow night. That's Monday night. Um, don't know if we do that on Tuesday, but if we could squeeze a quiz in because people love it, I might. We might make this as regular as we can. Kev's not playing. Uh, Wednesday. I'm not coming. Kev's not winning that night. No, no, internet. Yeah. No, uh, the rest of the family will be on the internet that night. Uh, Wednesday, the midweek fix will definitely preview the Arsenal game. Thursday will be on after the Arsenal game for full-time Reds and the lads will be back on Friday with Sports Unplugged and then we go again over the weekend as well. But, um, now go and check it out. We're, we're having, I'm having a really nice time at two o'clock every day. And, um, like I said, the three lads on screen there throw news at me every morning. I look at it myself. And then the people in the chat bring more stuff. So we've loads to look through in a half an hour. And, uh, um, we're always kept going. Um, someone wants a Coutinho goal against United tomorrow. Is he registered in time to play? No, that he's coming. No, he came in today for his, um, medical tomorrow. He won't be cleared. Okay. Won't be cleared. He won't be registered. Um, Johnny B. Red says, I have mass every day or two. Could you not get a play it over the speakers? No. Yeah. a mask. Um, I could do a reading. I could absolutely do a reading. There'd be no problem there. Um, wherever you want. Bit of Moses. Hospital of Corn, Dad, Guinness. Yeah. 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 Or Arthur Daly. Whatever one you want. Yeah. Um, I can find someone that can be Terry in it. Um, but that's it. That's Reference it. for the kids there, Gavo. Like the that. The yeah, Johnny, do you know what that is? Sorry. Arthur Alien Terry. Do you know who Arthur and Terry are? No. Nah, boys, yeah. is that talking now? Ah, now. What a show. <laughs> what a show. Um, but look, that has been the Fatback 4. It's been another cracking show. Um, we've kept you just over an hour and a half, which we apologize Standard. for. Standard. But um, anything else before we go, Kev? No, no, no. All good. Uh, we'll definitely be covering the African nations on Friday. So, if you guys in the chat are watching the games, bring it all up to us with us on Friday and let us know what's going on. Yeah, kill a first week review would be really good. Yeah, uh, Keith, anything else before we go? No, no, all good. Uh, good day at the office today, um, Gav. And uh, did we do a man of the match now? Um, no, we didn't. All right, go on, man of the match, Shani. Toil I'm on. Good stuff, Keith. Um. I'm going to give it to Coach Jones. Okay. A lot of people thought he was poor. Uh, Kev? Yeah, I said Fabinho earlier and Tyler for the young fella, for the youngsters. So I think I'll stick with that. Okay. Uh, Kay Gordon for me. Um, I don't know who I said earlier, but I'm, I'm going to go with Kay Gordon um, because that touch and that finish, I just I loved everything about it. Uh, Mind, that was the name of the show, Sean. Go and check it out. You yeah, might get it on your Great team song as well. Oh, the yeah. team song is outrageous. Sandy Dennis Wall. You know what? I'd love to use that team song on one of it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get away with the minor team tune on this show, I would do it. Well, if you get rid of the bloody Lord of the Rings joke you have now, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, do you like it? I love it. Oh, oh right, we keep that. We brilliant. keep that. That, of course, was um, Muhammad Joey's um, baby, so we keep that. What could we keep it? Um, Shani, anything else before we go? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to my brother Al, who I, th- I think it might be his 
might be his last day of isolation. He's watching with uh, my little newborn nephew, Bradley. Who, oh, so nice he's, one. Oh, the, yeah, the, you know. the indoctrination is starting early. So yeah. he, he's listened to his uncle's hawk show before that and else before he can understand <laughs> it. So has, has Al been out for a point with us? He has. Yeah, he was there that night we won the lake. Yeah. Do we lift the trophy? Yeah. I was definitely yeah. talking to him. There's so many of the lessons. I don't know which ones are which. But um, no, we all look the same. It's mad. It, 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 I even we all look like Shawnee. It's fucking amazing. Like you'd be so starstruck. <laughs> um, but listen, I'll commiserations because you won't be over a point ever again. Now that's the end of you. So uh nah, we won't be seeing you again. I'll send a few cans around you have the soldier and I'll give you an end of it. <laughs> right. Um that is it. Uh what's the what's the baby's name? Bradley. Bradley. Uh tonight's show is dedicated to uh Al and Bradley um sitting watching Connor Bradley, man of the match just for that. Bradley, uh always remember kid. Um 2022, January. It's the last time you're out, like you're out for a point. Um, <laughs> that is it. That has been the fat back four. Um, talks in a bit. Loads, loads, loads during the week. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.